I think you, you made a good point how it really can be an avenue for any of these creative or entertainment companies. Like companies that own creative IP really just becomes another channel for them, whether they are actually developing the game or helping create the game or just licensing their IP behind it. Welcome to the Casual Drop Podcast. We are by no means experts. We are by no means experts. And they're gambling. They're not investing. They were bearish when they should have been bullish and bullish when they should have been bearish. Okay. The way that you do it is you get in it. You guys been gaming lately? Actually, speaking of... Uh, kind of took a little break and then they dropped, which is what we'll get into probably on this podcast is like they do seasons now. So like Fortnite has a season, Call of Duty has a season and it's basically when they're going to drop all the new content. I miss gaming for sure. I can't, I can't think of the last time I played, but I'm a gamer at heart, whether it's not, I really do miss a live action shooter, but also miss playing like original NCAA college football. Madden. Oh, yeah. There's people that I know that I won't name on this podcast, but like, so especially with like the NBA 2Ks and the Maddens in the show, there's like kind of this new thing where it's like the legendaries and you like build your own team, but then you get, you can get like legendary players on your team. So you could have, you know, like Albert Pujols, you could have, Randy Johnson, but you have to acquire them over time. And so players and content comes out and you pay for it, right? So it's that's where like these video games companies make so much money. And you can get into a lot of the app games too, because it's like the app might be free, but to get through certain paywalls, you gotta pay money. And and these games do the same thing. Like luckily with like Warzone, you can there's bundle things that you can buy like upgrades and stuff. But for the most part, you just, you could just pay for the next pass, which is like 10 bucks or, uh, I don't know how much exactly, or however many points that you've accumulated, you can unlock is, it with that. Is that, is Warzone Call of Duty? Yeah, it's Call of Duty. Yes. Yeah. Who, who makes that? So, so that's Activision. What's crazy to think about, cause like we talk about gaming when we were kids. I remember when, like when Halo came out, that was like the first big game that you could play online with your boys. That I, I can this, remember. I Besides on memory. All right, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I remember you guys. Like I swear your your basement was like the gaming basement. Hundred percent. Gaming has blown up. It's growing in so many different ways. Like you're seeing it on Sports Center. You're seeing it esports. Like what is esports? Right. All this stuff and it's. I think it's a big topic we should cover and there's probably be like multiple parts of it. So this would be like episode part one because there's so many different angles of gaming. I mean, you can get into just probably what we'll start with would be like just your consoles, like those companies, some of that stuff. Um, but then you get into like esports, then you get into, you know, VR all that stuff that's going to be happening, you know, down the mobile road. Mobile games, mobile games, all that stuff. When I look to invest, it's definitely part of my portfolio. Like I wouldn't say I'm a diehard gamer. I love playing mostly with like your friends online and stuff. But I see how it's growing 
to such a big extent that like to not have it part of your portfolio, you know, to me is you're missing an opportunity. It's changed so much since like we were all in your basement, you know, playing Smash or playing Halo or playing. Yeah. And I think to your point, it'll only get more popular. And I, I saw something, I think, I want to say ESPN posted this, but it was a comparison between Ninja, who obviously is a very popular, famous gamer. He made more last year than Giannis. Yeah. And from what I heard, a lot of it is like people paying him not to play in tournaments. Because he, is he that good? So I, I don't really know. Like, I, not competitive. He, I mean, he's got to be one of the best in the whole Fortnite world. I, I don't like Fortnite to me is like, I just, I've never really got there. You know, Amber's brother plays that and nephew plays that. So like when I'm around them, I see it and it's a big, it's big with the younger, younger crowd for sure. Who makes that? Who makes Fortnite? Um, I think it's like Epic Games or something like that. I, I can't remember. Let's see. Epic Games, you're right. Yeah, Epic Games, which is I I don't I think they might be private. It looks like they like Tencent, which is a big. Oh yeah, I've heard they do. Is that World of Warcraft? No, that's no Tencent's a like a big. It's a big conglomerate. Yeah, like yeah, they're, they're huge. I feel like you see a lot of those types of companies in Asia, or in Japan specifically that do a lot of different like Yamaha, or Sony <laughs> yeah. even. Like it's crazy that a company like Yamaha can make a guitar, a motorcycle, piano, <laughs> and do it all reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, and the, it's it's kind of funny because I think we talked about that idea on one of the last episodes. A company having a philosophy and an approach and a brand and a culture, and then doing whatever they want with that. It's also kind of interesting because I was doing a little research before the episode. And one of the articles that I found is called Seven Video Game Stocks to Buy Amid the Outbreak on uh, U.S. News. And five of the seven stocks that they recommended are large companies that do a lot more than just video games. So it's Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, I guess it's consoles. So maybe four out of seven, but... Activision Blizzard and Take Two Interactive are the only like game makers. EA Sports wasn't Am- in there. No, Amazon and Alphabet. So Microsoft, Sony, Amazon, and Alphabet are four of the seven gaming stocks. Yeah. So when you're looking at like a Microsoft, uh, Sony, and Amazon, who are huge platforms and they have a little chunk of what they do being video games, like. If you're looking to invest in video games, what is the effect or how do you make a decision? Because like, yeah, Microsoft could kill it with the Xbox, but that's only a sliver of what they do as a business. So how do you take that into consideration? Yeah. So like, I I guess with Sony and Microsoft, for example, even though it's only a portion of their business, it's still big enough to move the needle, like as far as their stock price, like it's not just the console, then they have their exclusive games or they have the things that go around, you know, the Xbox or the, the Sony PlayStation platform. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get into like an Amazon, I mean, I feel like that's tough. Like Amazon is just a beast. And I think if anything, it's a good indicator to see them invest in a gaming space because you know that like they only go after things. I feel like, you know, in certain spaces that they think are just mm-hmm. going to be like continue to right. grow. Right. So when I say, right. and they, 
they, they have to do that because they're and this is we heard this on the scott galloway podcast speed up but yeah i mean the tech companies are so big that they have to go after billion dollar playing fields they can't do something local because to move the needle now as a trillion dollar company they got to add 50 billion in mm. top line revenue which is wild i, I think my first reaction to your question, VW, was, of course, it's a good idea, especially at Microsoft, because Xbox is huge. And I know Google's doing some stuff too, but Xbox is huge. But I think you're going to get a pretty expected return with those big companies. And it's almost big company versus small company thing. And it, it really a risk aversion too, because you know the bigger the company is, the in some ways the less upside that they have because they're already so massive and in a lot of ways that's less risky but in and this is probably true in life but in investing the bigger opportunity comes from the bigger risk and so if you take a shot on one of these smaller companies and they hit it huge with a new cloud-based game or whatever i think that's where a good big opportunity would fall i don't know of any of those companies but that's the ones that i'd be looking for for sure and I, I think, John, what you're getting at is more of the specific gaming branded companies, right? Like your Take-Two or your Activision or, you know, there's more out there. Um, or you start to get into spaces where you're looking at the mobile apps, you know, like Zynga. Zynga is like a pretty popular mobile app. They have tons of different mobile games. But it, it to an, kind of answer your question, Jordan, about mm-hmm. the idea too, is I, I think like if you're, you know, if you're interested in the gaming world because you think it's good growth you know and then you're thinking like a, a microsoft or sony you know is making sure that whatever else that they're doing like you you believe in that too like you're not just sure you know what i mean and so when you're yeah. specifically if you start to want to get into the gaming world you know i would say look more towards those companies like activision like take two like zynga ea sports i think the risk reward is going to be higher right like John said, you're mm-hmm. going to have the Microsoft and Sony are going to be probably more stable in growth, whereas like an Activision, you know, blow up. Here's the question. You have money to invest in gaming. You're deciding between Sony, who's about to release their PlayStation 5, and Xbox, who's about to release their new Xbox Series X. Who do you who you guys got? I got Microsoft, no question. Yeah. But I was, in more broadly, I mean, I'm probably picking Microsoft as a, Top 10 company, period. And I think I'm with Jordan. I nev- I've never owned a PlayStation. I don't know why, but I think because of that, Xbox feels a little bit more like home. Maybe it's because maybe it's they're in Seattle too. I, <laughs> I don't know. I also like the brand behind Xbox. I am super curious though to see in the future how dependent gaming is on a console or on any hardware. So I think that's what's right. in- that's interesting. That's what's interesting about what Google's doing. Right. Is there's, I think it's Stadia is their mm-hmm. platform. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's entirely like Chrome based. Uh, so yeah, browser no, you're based. correct. I, I did briefly look into it a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, it's all cloud browser based. You can buy a controller, a controller. to hook up yeah. to your computer. And that's the only piece of hardware. I believe that you need for it and now you can also play on on like smart tvs as well which i don't think they're there yet but if they mm-hmm. can get to close to the quality that a console can put out 
that would be amazing and you could play it on any device i think it's a ways out from being good because i looked their game list was not strong there i think there's a you know a lot of physical restraints right now you know it'd be different if fiber was everywhere and you had internet really strong internet connectivity everywhere but yeah i mean in theory i don't know because i'm looking at the xbox series x right now and that thing looks like a beast processing wise like i don't know how you're going to easily replace that with cloud-based gaming but well you know you know maybe it's two different things yeah i guess where i'd add to that is like i feel like fortnite i don't know the specs on Fortnite, but it's not something that's like a high functioning right. graphic game, right? But it's hugely popular. So I don't know if maybe that has some, you know, some play in like finding more games on platforms like that. Even like another mm-hmm. big one, I think is like, I've never played it, but Overwatch, I think is a big esports type game. It doesn't like blow you away with graphics or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, that kind of brings me to another way to invest that you don't always think of, but it's like the chip processing. So you have like NVIDIA and then you have uh, AMD. Those are companies too that you can look at as, as long as the video game world grows, you know what I mean? Like in their ever evolving and staying on top of the competition, like they're gonna be big stocks that I would definitely recommend looking into and investing in. Yeah, I like NVIDIA a lot. And I like that space a lot, like the semiconductor space, but it will be interesting if the big tech companies that own consumer electronics, I mean, you could say this about every sector with the big tech companies, but if they will start to make their own. And I think right now the argument is, it's Are you really, talking about really, really chips? hard. I'm talking about CPU. Yeah, graphics yeah. card. Uh, isn't chip. that I what mean, Apple's doing right now? That's what Apple's doing right now. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you could argue at this point, it it's cheaper for most of these companies to buy from these other companies, but who knows? And if what we were talking about earlier, and it's kind of like all roads lead back to these big companies, like honestly, what else will be, I think is going to be interesting down the road is what companies decide to get into gaming, right? Like you take like a Disney who for sure could find a way into that space or even an Apple Mm -hmm. buying, buying Mm -hmm. like an Activision, right? Buying a company like that. Um, So that's another good, good opportunity. You know, I think the, the I think some of these gaming companies are either going to grow or they're going to get bought. I think either way you look at it, like it's good, they're going to be good investments over time. So interesting that's coming to mind from this conversation too is how multifaceted this industry really is. You know, there's there's the consoles and the hardware, everything company. You know, all the companies that supply necessary uh, parts to that, and then like you said, Disney. I'm like, oh. Well, I mean, Disney's already making money off video games because they're licensing their franchises and, you know, Marvel and all these things. So there's a lot of different ways. And I don't know if this is true or not, but what comes to mind is like looking at companies that are multifaceted in both in the gaming arena. So like, do they have creative content and do they have hardware? Do they have that? But, But then also companies that, are able, like a Microsoft, they're able to bring resources from so many other areas into gaming. One of my favorite, I would say gaming stock, um, stocks would be Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just for their IP. I mean, if you mm-hmm. think about how popular Mario, 
like Pokemon, right. all that stuff is. And then all of a sudden you think about, okay, at some point there's going to be movies. Some point there's going to be shows. Right. Like that's going to be another huge licensing revenue. You know what I mean? Like whatever they plan. Yeah, no, that's that a, stuff. that's um, a really great example because Nintendo has never been known for being the best console with the highest performance. Like they just have classic, right. Popular nostalgia games. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's like stood the test of time. Um, and they probably have the best portable, you know, selling that. And they're still releasing like new Mario games or new Smash Bros or whatever it was. And so it's going to be interesting where they expand to outside of that. And like everything's going to be a movie, man. Like the fact that there's not even like a Halo movie yet. They've been talking about that forever. For 10 plus you know years. what I mean? So, <laughs> so, so as like video games get better and we move to whether it's virtual reality or all this stuff like it's just a huge space man i think it's a great place to invest um i think you you made a good point how it really can be an avenue for any of these creative or entertainment companies like companies that own creative ip that are interesting to people really just becomes another channel for them whether they are actually developing the game or helping create the game or just licensing their IP behind it. Never yeah. thought of that. It would be interesting actually. I mean, maybe Netflix well does something too, especially when browser-based gaming is, yeah. mm-hmm. does come along. I mean, a great example of it is uh like how Sony owns the Spider-Man rights. Yes. Right? So whether it's movies or games, like so like Sony has the rights to Spider-Man. So and they have they partner with Disney. So they partner with Disney. I mean, there was a I don't I think it was not too long ago, but I think they they clashed and basically they were saying like the new Spider-Man, the Tom Holland Spider-Man like wasn't going to have another movie because they were going to bring it back in house and focus on, you know. And so then you look at like gaming, like they have their own exclusive Spider-Man game that's like pretty popular. And then you look at any games any sort of like Marvel games outside of that, I'm pretty sure they have to have like permission to use Spider-Man, which is crazy to think about. Are there, so obviously with COVID, it's weird to think about big events. Mm-hmm. Is there a Coachella of gaming? I was just thinking about other ways for a company to get in the space. Yeah, so I think over in like, china and and things like that like they have huge events i think one of the big ones uh, we might have to get rick's soundbite on this one but like he plays league of legends <laughs> dude they they do this convention or i don't even know what you call it like an opening ceremony for the game mm-hmm. and it's ridiculous like you could google it on youtube right now i like, just pull it up like look just look it up right now it's like the olympics no dude like they do crazy like the the amount of money that they spend on these uh, opening ceremonies, it's like I rem- I think one time he told me to look at it and it was some graphic dragon, but it looked cra- I don't know. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, like you, you just I, gotta I seen that. definitely Google it and look at it. But like League of Legends, I don't know who owns them. I know it's a huge game um, internationally as well. So yeah, like there there is a lot of that. Do you have to pay monthly now for Xbox Live? If it's even called that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think you've had to pay for a while on Xbox Live. I mean, I think as long as I can remember, I just remember having to get like a little Xbox Live card. You're but, right. 
honestly, man, like where these companies make money is we were talking about it earlier is, you know, these seasons or the, like these content drops, um, or the DLC, I guess is short for like downloadable content. We had a, a family friend here and he's a big Fortnite guy. And I was like talking to him about finances and stuff. And then I had him break down what he spent on Fortnite skins, like skins, just the costume for the Fortnite players. And we were getting into like one, $2,000, you know, and he's in high school. Are those created by Epic Games, the skins, or can third parties create in-game assets? I'm pretty sure it's all created by Epic Games, but they partner with people like they did like a Star Wars or like a mm. Marvel or like, man, they had, they did a con, they did a Travis Scott concert. So they do these events now yeah. too, where uh, at a certain time, like they'll, they'll drop something. We'll be like, you know, tomorrow at noon, there's a huge event. So people will go into the game and then they'll sit in the game and they'll see what it is. And like one time it was this huge, mm -hmm. like Travis Scott concert. So John, to your point, like there's a lot of opportunity to have, you know, advertise like really, right. Like they're finding ways to, I mean, a Travis Scott concert. Which was that in Call of Duty? That's in Fortnite. Oh, sorry. In Fortnite. Yeah. Way more and, and they've had other ones as well. Um, but, but also too, like Vita, I, at some point, you know, people being yeah, able to create certain thinking, things. Exactly. A game that allows people to create and sell items it, within the game world. Going back to me playing driving games, Forza, Forza, even, even in the, their first couple of versions of their game, which was 10, 15 years ago now, they, they have pretty intricate ability to draw graphics and like basically design what the outside of the car looks like with paint and graphics and stuff and people did some pretty crazy designs and i think that they may have allowed people to sell them or maybe people were just kind of doing that outside of the actual game but they were selling like their car designs so you could buy but i think you know in a in a more intricate world like a Fortnite, where there's more going on than just driving It'd be pretty interesting to see somebody allow user generated, like a user marketplace. Yeah, that's a great idea. I, I know too, like when I get on my sneakers app, you know, where they release sneakers for Nike, but they always have this section in there and it's like a 2K. Basically, if you go in and play 2K a certain amount of time, like I don't even know, earn certain points or whatever, like you could get access to buying exclusive shoes like only through 2k yeah, yeah yeah right here so yeah so play 2k earn sneakers nba or nike and nba 2k have teamed up to unlock access to purchase 10 exclusive sneakers through in-game challenges and unique unlocks in nba 2k and like you can see what the shoes are and apparently you can only get the i haven't like looked to see if those are reselling for a lot you know if they're super exclusive or what but it's another mm -hmm. it's another thing that's playing into like this getting into this video game world. I wonder how their revenue, so these game companies, their revenue breaks down, like verse monthly subscription, actual cost of the game, and then advertising. Because mm -hmm. it seems like, I mean, the more you talk about it, it seems like the potential for ad revenue could be amazing, especially for some of these super popular games where at any given time they could have a million players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ad revenue 
I, I mean, I, I do think it's important not to underestimate the resources required to create these games. I mean, it's insane amount of work from highly paid, talented artists. Server costs of an online game, I'm sure, are not insignificant. But it does seem like the opportunities for revenue can can exponentially outpace increasing costs. But it's hard to say for sure without seeing numbers. And two, it, it kind of is how much does a game want to evolve? Like there are a lot of popular mm-hmm. games. You know, how much do they have to put into the game to keep it growing and relevant, yeah. you know? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that's where you probably have to look at leadership and especially creative leadership because like in my mind the the danger is like to take a fortnight you're increasing your offerings and what's happening in the game and, and so your costs are going up and then but like i said like i think the revenue opportunity is increasing at a faster rate but the i think the danger at least what i see is when the popularity has a steep drop off because either something else better came out from or you know or it just declines because people are over it or like the creative their innovation and their ability to keep people interested by introducing new features starts to falter like that would be the the real downfall you know if you're looking at it from an investor standpoint what you would want to watch out for and i think that comes back to you know what's your level of risk do you want to take if if you're interested in a, a world that is growing like crazy which is gaming you know whether you have a base knowledge or like a deeper knowledge of it you have to then think about your risk level right so what you're saying is like if i invest in an activision which i love that stock i think it's a great stock um but it really hinges on like call of duty is a big part of that right probably the biggest part of it that I know. Um, and if Call of Duty falls off, then that's a huge chunk. Or you take the route of like going to a Microsoft where, you know, if they underperform a little bit in the video game world, like they have an, a ton of other things to fall back on. It's kind of like the John and Jordan investing <laughs> <laughs> world. Well, it it makes me think of another way to get into and it's and this is similar to the cord cutting where people are unsubscribing from cable pretty quickly but obviously as gaming becomes more popular or really what made esports possible was improvements in connectivity and speed actually it's funny i think did we play like halo and xbox live on dial-up or was that on DSL? I remember. I think it I had think to be DSL. DSL. But I do remember okay. when you logged in, like, there was like a extended period of time in which you're dialing up. That's See, so I remember funny. that too. Dude, I, maybe it just took a while. I remember having a tiny TV and I would just lay in front of that thing. <laughs> Halo 2 or Halo 3, we we played a ton. I mean, those are, the, those are the best times. But I think the point I was making was you can invest in broadband companies too. Mm-hmm. Now, Comcast is kind of a funny one because their cable business probably isn't thriving, but they also like, seemingly have a monopoly on the, in a lot of areas for internet. And it, they're kind of taking it on both sides, but I think that... It will be interesting to see how that, all of that plays out because I don't think Comcast is, as far as I know, doing anything with fiber. But it is such an interesting, the uh, amount of effort it takes to build 
infrastructure because it's literally physical cables running through right. the ground for most internet. That's not an easy thing to do just, you know, work-wise, but then also you have to deal with all like local governments, state, you know, and then well, I mean, pe- Google property had a hard owners. Time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. That's, so, that's a mess. <laughs> no question. That someone has to deal with. Sometimes you forget how internet gets to your house. Mm-hmm. So we moved in the place we live in now. It was a, it was an older lady who lived here before us, and she actually didn't have internet in the home, which I didn't realize before we moved in. <laughs> and so I had to call and get internet set up. And I mean, this isn't mind blowing, but to me, I just never really thought of it. Comcast came and ran the, I think it's called like a ditch genie, and ran a wire underground like 200 feet from the main road because we live on a flag lot to our house. Crazy. And, and also just didn't really seem like they cared at all what else was there. <laughs> right. And they painted up the street and stuff. But yeah, that's there's a hardware component there, mm-hmm. like a physical cable that's tough to like get past at least initially. We have to, I'll have to uh, while John's looking something up, I'll have to interrupt with a brief break in... Um, if John gives me consent to read some text messages that we exchanged, I'd like to please do, please do bring you guys into the world of John and Jordan's conversation about investing. So this was on Tuesday at nine fifteen in the morning. Uh, this is me thinking about making a play in Tesla. They are down today. Thought about going all in, John. I just bought five shares, LOL. Take a shot. Then John, maybe go like 50% in. (laughs) Our risk profile's at play here. Me, LOL, all right. It will be 50-50 Neo and Tesla. It's funny, man. The more though I think about it, the more I wish I was a little less risk averse. And because what I mentioned earlier, it's hard to make to get a huge win without taking a pretty big risk and yeah i mean the the devil the devil's advocate on that is you have a stable growth portfolio over years right rather than and possibly risking that yeah risking something you know before everything that was happening now with the pandemic before that it's like a lot of times i looked at it as man we're young like we're always going to be working and finding ways to make money one way or somehow, I'm not saying to go out and risk everything, but make sure you're, you're doing the appropriate things, whether it's paying down on your debt and so forth. But this idea that like, we can take shots more now, you know, at a younger age in which when we get older, obviously it's kind of figuring out how we want to retire and so forth. But, uh, you know, that's starting to change a little bit. I'm sure for you now, when you, you have your first kid and, you start thinking about your family and it's, it's a little bit different. Like obviously Amber and I being married now and um, it's kind of funny how that shifts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it does, man. Scenes of life. up still just going all in on, on everything. Take a shot, man. Fuck it. <laughs> I thought about putting a significant amount or for, to me, I thought about putting a decent amount into some crypto crypto stocks Dude, you almost bit i almost bit on that i almost bit on that like i wake up i get a text message in our chat and john's i uh, know vito brought up the bitcoin 
No, wait. I think it started with the Kodak. Thing. No, John, John. Right. No, I brought oh, it yeah. up. Started, I think it's going right, to rally. But it started with the Kodak thing, and we were kind of talking about that. And oh, then the next morning, yeah. you were you were like, Bitcoin, I think it's going to rally. Vita was kind of in on it. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at it. I'm like, right, what can I move around, <laughs> like, what can I move around <laughs> to, to get on this? John knows something. I don't know. Let's go. I think XRP. You know. You're the one who told me about this initially, Jenks. Ripple. Well, and it's so – I mean – so XRP right now is 30 cents. Mm-hmm. So you know, everything's percentage based when it comes to investing. But mentally, the fact you can put $1,000 in and get, you know, a couple hundred coins or no, 3,000 coins, mm-hmm. that's that feels good. So if for whatever reason it shot up to $5, mm-hmm. now you have, you know, 3,000 coins, that's a return that would be, you know, unmatched in the stock market. Mm-hmm. But obviously like what we talked about earlier very very risky right yeah crypt- crypto yeah. is the uh high risk high reward we're gonna have to spend. no question uh super volatile yeah we got a lot to talk about i think circling back on this I, you know like i said i think this is a great space to diversify in um I, my stock pick for sure of the day would be activision i i think they're just I think they recently just released their earnings too and they exceed expectations and I think they're growing and their membership of people that are playing Call of Duty. I think they have some other things at work too. Um, but I, I just think it's a great space that's only going to grow and we're not going to be able to cover this on one episode. I think, you know, getting into the whole virtual reality space as well and where that's going to go. Or Yeah, let's say you, you, you have an up-and-comer in VR and you get – you know, some ex Apple or Google or employees with very strong backgrounds and they make a compelling product. The way tech goes is and investors like us generally wouldn't even get the opportunity to invest in that company because the big tech companies swoop them up so fast. So maybe we touch on in later episodes and this is something I actually don't know really anything about, but trying to get investments sort of the crowdfunding thing on some of these unicorn you know pre-ipo companies because i I know there's platforms out there now that let you do that even with you know companies like rivian and others that would be really interesting to look into yeah and to your point and actually it's it's funny because it ties into where we started this conversation quick search on top video game vr companies well, really, I guess this article is Motley Fool, nine biggest virtual reality stocks. Same people, Microsoft, number one, Alphabet, Amazon, Intel, interesting in there, Sony, all four of the ones that we talked about earlier. Um, and also Facebook, Alibaba, Tencent Holdings, which I'm not familiar with. Tencent is the, is the Chinese company we're talking about. That's Oh, gotcha. Big. I think I mean, not knowing a ton about the gaming space, I would bet on Microsoft. I think the Xbox, you know, seems to have the market. Obviously, PlayStation is very strong too, and we're a ways off in terms of what it seems like Google's trying to do with cloud-based games. And the other thing too that Microsoft doesn't seem like they're going to have any issues with antitrust, like the U S government that's going after all these other big tech companies, like, you know, invited Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook 
to Capitol Hill for a hearing, but somehow Microsoft got left out. Any final words? <laughs> I already threw out my stock. I think Vita <laughs> threw out my stock. Hey, I think Vita. I'll wait for you guys. Vita's yeah. got to pick. You got to pick your stock. I picked Microsoft. I got I got to pick a stock. I, uh, had you not picked Microsoft, I probably would have picked that. You can pick it too. You know, I've been an Apple guy for a long time. So naturally, Microsoft doesn't sound that great appealing to me in general. But um, they do a lot of other things besides computers that I think are really impressive. I like the new Xbox looks very impressive. Forza, um, dude. You should see the, yeah, you should see the videos. Know. I, I saw. I have. I'm gonna look up the video after this podcast. I saw just even a couple skills on their website. We'll have to do. We'll have to do like a comeback sick, episode. But, you know, come mm-hmm. come. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to be together at that time. And uh, yeah, maybe like we'll be big enough that we can have two consoles and we'll do like a live yeah. product review. Or maybe uh, or we just bring in the, our PlayStation buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we can uh, recap on the ones that we. Sony vs. Microsoft in the gaming world. Cool. Cool. After we recorded this podcast, we wanted to reach out to a friend of mine, went to Oregon State together and played football, Tyler Anderson. Now he's a a business development manager in the tech space and and doing some other great stuff in the software world. Uh, Tyler has kind of always been a gamer. I remember him kind of running the tables when it came to Madden and 2K, and and he's continued that on and built some some pretty cool fantasy leagues, Um, have some big cash prizes. a lot of elite gamers in that community. So he's been close to that space for a while. Wanted to reach out to him and get his feedback on not just our episode, but kind of what he thinks, you know, will be the future of gaming and, and where it's going. Appreciate Ty's feedback. Hopefully we'll have him on the next gaming podcast to hear more of his insight. Uh, what's up, Jenks? Good morning. Sorry this is late, but wanted to get you something. But you guys had a lot of good stuff to say, I mean, in 40 minutes. And it's a lot of good data, a lot of good information, just good conversation about gaming. But I mean, my whole take on it, a few points that I I wrote down, um, gaming will always rely on the console, whether it's PC, Xbox or PS4. There's just too much data. If you want a real, a good game, there's just too much data, too much too much info that needs to be processed, stored. So, uh, I mean, I can't see, I'm, I'm not in the near future if it's going to be gaming on Chrome or the cloud, but for now, PC, Xbox, PS4, those are those are the game consoles that you will see players playing on all types of games. That was, that was my take on that. I definitely would love to see a gaming company bought by a large company. You guys said like Apple um, and put like I don't know, billions, but millions of dollars towards making a game of the future, something like uh, Ready Player One. Maybe not to that extreme, but building a virtual hub online so players could play, you know, these games virtually. The way that game is going, it's looking like it's going towards that. So I'm excited and also scared at the same time. Oh, you guys mentioned a Halo movie. There was a Halo movie, 2015, called Halo Fall of the Reach. It's on Netflix and it actually was pretty bad. But if they could remake that and make it better, I'd definitely be down. 
E3 is the Coachella of all gaming, hosted in LA. Uh, it's pretty sick. Last year, Marshmello, um, the DJ, played with Ninja, the Fortnite gamer, just the gamer, the all-famous gamer at E3. It's pretty sick. I would love to go one of these years. They have, you know, game demos, um, just kind of first looks at everything. All the gaming companies, you know, put all their best stuff there. The Fortnite concerts and events. So Travis Scott concert was probably the sickest event in Fortnite. And they he released a song and like it was this big hologram of him. And he was just roaming the map and just going crazy and performing. It was the sickest thing ever. Um, and you felt like you were there. Um, also, another one of the events, um, which is huge, uh, Star Wars events. There was like a bunch of Star Wars ship and they came down and um, like created this whole stage and the producer, the hologram of a pro the producer, uh, I think it was a producer of Star Wars came out and like he literally like t spoke to the crowd and um, introduced the trailer of the new Star Wars coming out. You got to watch a trailer right there in game. See, you guys mentioned 2K. Um, 2K is another game that uh, has revolutionized gaming. The features in that game are super complex. Create a player, hop in the 2K playground, quote unquote, and hoop with your friends. And with like how much control you have with this new 2K is like literally every step almost you can kind of function. It literally feels like you're hooping. So like think about the kid that isn't athletic or physically isn't able to play the sport he loves. He now has that feeling with his friends online. And I I just, I think about that all the time when I'm gaming. Esports has just grown so much, even in, in my life, really. I started a, uh, a fantasy football or Madden league. And we now have two leagues full, 32 people. So we have a, a, a community of 64 people playing Madden, kind of religiously, really. We have a draft literally last seven hours. Pick your, your team starters, couple backups offense and defense and people buy into this and it's created this this uh, community of Madden players and um, it's really cool to see it grow we have a 2k league too uh, hosted by Carlos Boozer you know, how he got into play is a whole different story but he's a gamer but um, no gaming gaming has been a, a big part of my life right now and especially with COVID you know a lot of people not really doing much it's uh, created this outlet for me. I really do appreciate you guys, like your your data on on stocks, and because I, that's something I haven't even dove into yet. But listening to this, I want to, and I want to start investing. I want to know who to invest in. I want to stay up on you know the game companies of what their next move is. So thank you guys. But yeah, Jay Jinx, you my guy. I appreciate you, bro. Later. Thank you, Tyler, for the uh, feedback. You know, sign me up for that league. Um, I need to make some side cash and, and hopefully I can compete with some of these elite gamers that you got going on. But, uh, you know, thanks for the time and thanks everybody for listening. You're still here. It's great. We really appreciate it. Um, stay tuned for our next episode and uh, be well.